0: Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, it's the Jason Isbell miniseries, and today we're talking about Here We Rest. Hey everybody, you are listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. This is the podcast where once upon a time we talked about every Bruce Springsteen song alphabetically one by one, and we will again one day, but right now... We're talking about Jason Isbell's body of work, and we're going album by album. And before we get into that, though, uh, my name is Rob Carmack, and I'm joined here, as always, by my good friend, JB Clark. Hey, man. How are you doing? JB, here we podcast.
1: Here we podcast.
0: (laughs) Never let me down. Doing good, man. Doing good. So today we're talking about the 2011 Jason Isbell and the 400-unit album, Here We Rest. And this album was released on April the 12th, 2011. And just like what we've done so far, we're going to talk about half of this album. And then next time we'll come back with the the, the other half. I, I feel like we should say, sorry, no new episode last week. We had plans. Uh, then you got vaccinated. My parents came into town, and we just... That day? That, all on the same day. But we didn't plan with enough, like, room. There was not enough runway left in the rest of the week for us to catch up. It was pretty much just right. like, this is the last possible day we can do this and well, have an episode. We, yeah, we,
1: we had pushed it. <laughs> yeah, we had already pushed it. Yes, we <laughs> Those had. weren't the same nights. That was, like, two different nights.
0: Was it two different nights?
1: Yeah, because I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to... Oh, wait, no, it was the same night. Those are the same day, yeah. Same day, you're right, because I texted you and said, oh, there's a 5% chance we may not do this tonight because I'm getting my second shot. <laughs> that's right. And you said, no worries, man. And then like two hours later, you were like, oh, my parents are coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's about Just how much notice out. they usually give us. Anyway, all that to say, no new episode last week. Thanks, everybody, so much for your patience. But we're back, and we're talking about Jason's third album, Here We Rest, that he record- He did record with the 400 unit.
1: Right. And you got to say, like, at this point, they are literally and figuratively just like one Sadler short.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's everybody. I, I mean, even Amanda is in the band by now.
1: Yeah, she makes featured appearances on this one. Yes, yeah, she does. And um, but they're like they're also that they just they're just almost there. Yeah. So sonically, too.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you, you've you got uh, Brown Lawler is the lead. Yeah. And not to
1: discredit Brown. He's he's great. But he's yeah. you know. But he, w-
0: he will soon be replaced in, in the band by Sadler Vaden, who is currently the the, the lead guitarist. Yeah. I feel like on this tour, right? I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is on all that. I'm, I'm going album by album. I, I'm actually kind of learning as we go. Okay. Um, I will say th- this is Chad Gamble's first appearance. Uh, he He's on the drums here, and he will remain yes. part of the band to this day. And like Chad you said before, Amanda Shire's... Uh, is is a featured player. This is her first appearance on a Jason Isbell album. She does harmony vocals and fiddle, and will one day be a member of the of the four hundred unit, but also a member of Jason Isbell's immediate family, because That's right. in the future they're getting married and we'll have a child together.
1: Um, and this is Jimbo second, and um, I just forgot his name. Derry DeBorah.
0: Derry De Derry De Yeah. So yeah, that's so the full lineup here. It's
1: It's it's Derry's third or fourth.
0: Well, it's it's his second. No, it's his second album. I think he was on the solo one. Uh no, I don't. I don't on on Sirens of the Ditch. Yeah. He is not credited. If he was. Oh. Um. All right. Might, I might be wrong. I, I, we could go back and take another look, but I'm pretty sure that, that album is made up of almost all Drive-By Truckers personnel.
1: Okay, yep, you're right, you're right, you're right.
0: So the 400 unit in this iteration is Chad Gamble on drums, Derry DeBorja on keyboards, Browen Lawler on guitar, and Jimbo Hart on bass. And then a very special guest, Abby Owens doing background vocals, and Amanda Pearl Shires singing and fiddling. That is according to the liner notes in the, in the vinyl record. She does some good fiddling. She does some good fiddling. So uh, anyway, so yeah, that's, that's who we're working with. Those are the basic facts here and uh produced by jason isbel and the 400 units so they're still producing these on their own and i think the real i mean we're and the next album is, is is the real game changer and i think one of the things that makes it a game changer not only is the songwriting superior but also i think um that that's when he starts kind of turning over some of the producing yeah so we'll we'll talk more about that when we get to southeastern in a couple of weeks but anyway so that that's what we're working with right now with here we rest so JB, first impressions of this album. How do, how do you feel? Do you, do you like this record? How, how does well, it hold Well, my first
1: up? impression of this album, much like my first impression of the last album, was was not as high as it is now because I would just I came to it after Southeastern. <clears throat> yeah. And so I'd heard Southeastern. I hadn't really spent time with the 400 unit that much. I'd go back and re-listen to these records, and I'm like, mm, you know, this isn't it. This isn't Southeastern. Yeah. And then something more the free comes out and I'm thinking this isn't Southeastern. But I do kind of like that he's got some band stuff going on in here. You know, and then, and then 400 unit comes back and I'm in, I'm in, I'm like, all right, I'm fully into the 400 unit. This is incredible. And so then I go back to this record and I'm hearing in places, uh, like the first 15 seconds of stopping by. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is it. <laughs> This is the 400 unit.
0: Yeah, this to me feels like the real debut. Like the the first two albums feel like almost test balloons for for what is about to be this album.
1: Yeah, like the slide bridge and go it alone. Like okay, that's the 400 unit. Yeah, what's this we've met? Is like it's a seems kind of like a kind of well, we'll get into them individually.
0: Yeah, we'll talk we'll talk each song individually, but just like a, as an album, as we enter into the discussion about Here We Rest. You it sounds like you're 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 pretty positive on this record. I'm pretty positive on it,
1: especially now, like going back um I think as I said in an in an interview on our podcast one time about being able to revisit uh Bruce's records that I didn't love as much with this sort of with my third eye open, you know, to the context. Yeah. <laughs> with Your Good Eye Towards the Sun. With My Good Eye Towards the Sun. Yeah, and uh And so it's 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 easy to kind of go back and uh, like it more because I can hear I can hear my friends in it. You know what I mean? I can hear those those uh, melodic choices and I I can hear the sort of the way they play slide. You know, I can hear the the mayonnaise that is Dairy de Borja's organ, you know, like trailing off at the end. And you're like, oh, I just now realized there was organ in the song. But that's yeah. what was holding this whole sandwich together the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the, going back and hearing those things as they come along. Like the bass, the way the bass sounds in this record is the way the bass kind of sounds on. It's it's a little bit different from the last one. It's a lot different from the one two records ago, right? Because that was before um, Jimbo's even playing with him. But uh, in this record, you're like, oh, this is what. The bass on natural sound sounds like. You know, this is what the bass in just 400 unit records sounds like. Yeah. It's big, wide open, but like they just give it so much. They don't put anything else in the lower mid range. It almost feels like, you know? Yeah. Like you have the organ and the guitars and the vocals and the cymbals and the toms are all in the mids and the highs, right? And they just, it's like they turn all of that stuff down and filter it out so that the bass can be kind of the only thing all that's sitting on. And it's just a big whole note, you know? Yeah. Or like a staccato bass with the bass drum. Like, they just give Jimbo so much room. Um, And I think that's like, it's like an, (laughs) it feels like some respect. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Jimbo's going to carry us because Jimbo's sort of the the man you know like jimbo's been around this town <laughs> playing bass for a minute so anyway yeah, that's how i filled the bass on this record
0: <laughs> nice well um, and, and that i that that is a, a almost more a producing thing than a playing thing too right so so it, it, it's almost like they're becoming more like jason is not only becoming a better songwriter he's also becoming a better uh like guy in the booth like he's he's beginning yeah, to know well, what kind of sound he wants
1: yeah, and bandmate,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah. Good or point. band
1: leader, because it's that band. Yeah, you know. There's this one thing. That's one reason why people always call Bruce the boss. Is not just because he's bossy the end all, you know, but also because he knows who's strongest at what. Like he knows he could play that saxophone on the guitar. That's how he wrote it. But we
0: we need it on the sax. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's being and, confident in, in, enough in your own like sense of what this is supposed to be, and then pursuing yeah. that, and and like guiding, leading, and guiding everybody else towards that vision.
1: Yeah, there was a new uh, leader at, at the school I work at a couple of month uh, or a couple of years ago, and I, I was kind of critical about him to, to my friends. Um, and, you know, I, I'm still not like fully on board with him. but I was telling a lot of people this week, like I'm going to eat some crow, and I'm proud to do it. This guy hires people that are really qualified, and while I disagree with him personally on a number of issues, he listens to those people and generally does what they say or uses their knowledge to guide his decision making, and that is something that I, I respect more than anything. Mm. And I think that's what Jason's doing. this kind of—he's got a band, he's put them together, he's the songwriter, but like, you're gonna let a man to play fiddle. Or are you gonna are you gonna try and make coding work all by yourself? Yeah. So, sorry. So how did I just like I just ended? That just stop. Yeah. So how do you feel about it?
0: I feel like it, I, I I agree with everything you're saying. I feel like it, it, this is a massive step forward from the first two albums. I, I really really like this record. I and in fact Jason has said in interviews that this is the first time he truly stopped trying to differentiate himself from the drive by Truckers. And simply just let the songs be the songs. And if you go back and listen to those first two albums, as good as they are, for for what they are, that there, there is a sense of he's trying to he's trying to prove something, or he feels like he, he's trying to prove something to somebody else. He's trying to prove something to himself. There, he he's he's not writing songs for the sake of writing good songs. He's he's trying to do something else in the middle of that. And here, according to Jay, we talked himself, about
1: that with no choice in the matter. Like he was writing resume songs. Yes.
0: Yeah. He's writing incredible songs that meant
1: really not that much.
0: Right. Which is probably why he doesn't play most of those songs still today. However, with this album, there's a lot of stuff on this album that he continues to play live. And he like th- this. This is this is a true blue Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit album. This because I I think a lot of times we we tend to draw the d- line of differentiation between like before Southeastern and after, and there's a good reason for that because Southeastern is a masterpiece and it's it is his masterpiece. It's the thing well, that and made because him everything
1: and, since then has been a masterpiece.
0: Well, that's true. Like like that's that's where he levels up. But I I think Here We Rest is is the real line of demarcation because this is when he. Is just doing the thing that he will continue doing. He does it better on Southeastern. He does it better on the albums that follow than than he does here. But he does it really, really well here, and I don't want to undersell that just because it came before Southeastern. You know what I mean? Right.
1: So, um, like he's about to go on his Darkness, Born to Run, Born in the USA, sort of run. Yeah. If this is not compared the to that, because Eastern if shuffle, he puts out a Tunnel of Love, then I'm going to be like, oh no.
0: <laughs> right. But but like if this is his Wild the Innocent East Street Shuffle, then yeah, this like, is that first record. This ain't this ain't too bad, right? Well, fr- the first record is Greetings, but right
1: right sorry, the first record in the line, but also Greetings and Wild the Innocent could be a
0: double record, right? <laughs> I mean, theory. I mean, look, that's a whole other podcast conversation. But yeah, that would be yeah. You you could do like the. Anyway, I, I was I was about to I was about to chase that rabbit. We don't have that kind of time, but um, <laughs> that
1: rabbit is late for a very important meeting, and we are not going to Wonderland today.
0: It is, and I, I always go looking for the theme. I, I feel like Jason, as a songwriter, always kind of has a, a statement in mind, and I think I think having listened to at least the first half of this record, I, the theme here seems to be about breaking free, but it's also about feeling isolated in your own journey towards self discovery. You know, like there is there is this, this need to discover who you are, but also the realization of if you're going to discover who you are, sometimes that, that's a lonely stretch of highway that you're going to have to travel. You know. Did
1: you listen to the Barack Obama Bruce Springsteen podcast this week?
0: No, I, I, I've not started. I, admittedly, am way behind on that.
1: That's what their newest episode is about. Is about this sort of like. You know, there's this this idea that um, domestication is a bad word for American men, right? Yeah, yeah. And we don't want to necessarily domesticate anyone, right? Um, Because we don't want to, like, sort of lose the ideas that come within the rules. But, you know, sometimes creativity within rules is the, you know. And they just kind of talk about that balance, you know. Yeah. Breaking free without breaking up, breaking up without breaking free, you know, like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, is that what you hear, too? Like, when you listen, do you, do you pick up on those same themes?
1: Yeah, it just feels like someone who's, like, trying to find their space, realizing that it maybe isn't at home, realizing, though, that home seems pretty far away anytime you're not there. You know? It's just like somebody's a little unmoored. Yeah. But not useless. You know what I mean? This boat, it, it's not like... I don't know. It's just unmoored but not useless, you know.
0: Yeah, I can go along with that.
1: Like he seems a little more hopeful than he has in a while. But not because it seems like he has a lot of hope. He just seems not as dejected.
0: <laughs> well, it's again, it, it's he he is no longer writing resume songs. He, he's he's no longer trying to prove himself. He's just trying to make a good album. He's just trying to write yeah. good songs, you know. And do you want to get into the songs? Let's do it, yeah. So track one here, the opening track on side one is Alabama Pines.
2: Well, I moved into this room, if you could call it that a week ago, I never do what I'm supposed to do, hardly even know my name anymore, when no one calls it out, it kind of vanishes away. I can't get to sleep at night The parking lot's so loud and bright. You see, hasn't worked in 20 years Probably never made a single person cold But I can't say the same for me I've done it many times Somebody take me home Through those hours
0: This song is beautiful. I, he he, conti- he does he still does this song, which and he should. Anybody who wrote the song should still do this song. He does a thing
1: that well. I moved into this room, you know. M dash, <laughs> if you could call it that. M dash a week ago. You know, like this sort of um, big uh, expository uh, phrases in the middle of his lines. Uh huh. That's something he does just for the rest of his career. You know, like, last week we talked about how there was a song where the, he, he had this giant space in between stanzas, but there wasn't an idea? Yeah. You know, like, there was the same idea? And this one, in less space, he has one idea, and that idea has an idea inside of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's not only is it, like, more co- it's cohesive in less space, it's more cohesive. <laughs> There's, like, some extra tape and glue in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I moved into this room, if you could call it that, a week ago.
0: Um. Uh, anyway, it's great. Well, the and like the, the if you call it that is is so descriptive without saying anything at all about what you're what you're visualizing. Oh yeah, you know.
1: Uh, number one, living in a room for a week, you know, you're probably not in a great hotel. Especially if you say you call it that, you know. Yeah, if, if you, you can can call, even call it, it that. a room, all right. So we're probably not staying in like a, you know, the Marriott week long business suites. You know, <laughs> it's probably roadside motel, maybe, you know, or those hotels where you're like, who would it say in a hotel in this town? There's no tourism. Oh, people who don't have people who are housing insecure. Well, Uh, Well,
0: and and also it goes it goes to the theme of the song, right, which is like he's he's not where he wants to be. He he's mm-hmm. long. He's longing for another time. He's longing for another space. He's remembering, and he wants to go back. He wants to go travel back home through those Alabama pines. So the Alabama pines is a, it, it's a metaphorical corridor. Actually, it's probably not even metaphorical. It's probably the actual corridor. That- oh my
1: gosh! Well, all right. So like North Mississippi, North Alabama have these like super tall pine trees, right? Yeah. It is the opposite of Texas. Texas, you see the whole sky. Northern Alabama, North, North Mississippi, you see the road reflected to you in the sky. You know right. what I mean? Like, the sky is only as wide as the road. Right. Because you're in the middle of a tall pine forest. And so, it is a corridor. And it is, it's so, uh, and it's kind of funny, it, like, changes on the state line. It's just really beautiful. There's this sign in Vicksburg crossing from Louisiana to Mississippi and it says, Mississippi feels like coming home. Yeah, you know, at first you kind of bristle at that. If you've been gone for a while, you're like, "No, it doesn't." I'm not from here. And then (laughs) halfway through Vicksburg, you're like kind of crying (laughs) Mm. as you're like rolling through those hills. Right before you hit the delta, you know, right off, right off the river, and uh, and then you just hit that flat delta. You come out of the trees, and like there's the whole state before you. And uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you kind of get through the pond Belt into Texas, uh-huh. and you're like, "I'm home. This is home." There's a Portuguese, like a Brazilian Portuguese word. I think it's Ciudad, which is like nostalgia specifically for home. That's just what I feel when I hear this song.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what he's going for. I think I think that's that's the that's the thing he's aiming at. Is he he wants people to feel nostalgic for some specific time and place that may, where they felt comfortable, where they felt at, at home, at peace.
1: Yeah, dude, in that line, the, the, um, the verse where he's giving him directions, can't go through Talladega on a weekend in October. Uh-huh. So that's like the main highway, 78, goes past Talladega, and it's nothing. If you drive through there any other time, it's just a giant nothing, and if you look off to the right, there's just a huge parking lot with the biggest racetrack you've ever seen, even if you've used to pastor a church across the street from the Dallas Motor Speedway.
0: I, I know exactly I know exactly where this is, yes. Yeah,
1: but if you drive through there in October, it's like, good luck. Yeah. You know, like, just, it's the wildest. I have heard stories from Talladega that cannot, I mean, like, stories, there are stories from every other big, you know, like, whatever, the big St. Paddy's Day parade and, you know, Jackson or the, the New Orleans, Mardi Gras or whatever, like, I have heard stories that those, about Talladega that like those places can't touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's not what you would think when you think NASCAR, but it's, it's wild, you know? And then, but you go up to Bowling Springs, you know, and they're like, Bowling Springs isn't the city, but there's one right kind of on the way to Florence, uh, that, uh, they got real, <laughs> they got real fancy and bought some, some like automatic radar guns and they'll just mail you tickets and that's, like, every little town right there whenever you're trying to cut through to get away from Talladega. Like, speeding tickets. I got three speeding tickets for an out tail light in three touching cities in this area one time. Mm. Like, I didn't get, I didn't see an O'Reilly's <laughs>
0: between my first ticket and my third. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway. so Jason has said that this was the song where he first learned to tell when a song is really finished. Like which which is an interesting thing as a songwriter to sort of figure out. Like this is cuz I mean I, 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 a song is like anything else that you create. Like there there's this weird sort of you don't you don't there's not there's not a sign. There's not there's not a thing that ha- there's not like a flag that pops up that tells you like okay, it's done. There's not a there's not a timer. There you know, there's the the, the barometer for how you know whether or not a song is done. Not unlike a piece of literature or um, in any any kind of art that you create, it's it's difficult to to know like is this done? Do I need to keep working on it? And Jason said this was the song where he first realized, oh, this is how I know when a song is done, which is a, I would imagine a really big deal. Like that, that's a that's a massive threshold for a songwriter to cross. Well, I mean, it kind of yeah,
1: it just you know, it's got a beautiful ending where the the city turns into an idea because he's been there for too long. Well, not just and then the, not just the ending the of the values song, but, but that knowing hold in the city just v- completely vanish away.
0: Yeah, 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 it, yeah and, and knowing when when it's time to stop working on it. I, this is a truly b- beautiful song. I love this. song. Yeah, I mean, five stars. The, the, five yeah, stars out of five. Stars. It is a five star song. It's a great way to start a record. The song, by the way, won Song of the Year award at the 2012 Americana Music Awards. So the, it's an award winning song.
1: It's a great song.
0: Yeah, it is. I love the song. Um, So out of this song, we go to Go It Alone.
1: some real this is some real Jason and Derry guitar organ this does this is also very reminiscent of the E Street band
0: yeah it's a good guitar it's a good hook yeah and
1: just like the intro like hey we're gonna cook this up it's gonna get steamy we're gonna put some organ in here you know and like Derry's just riding it like a wave you know what I mean the whole song Mm. and the slide guitar and and, uh, Sadler's on the band yet but Right now, I think that Jason and Sadler are like two of the top five slide guitar players playing. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> They're good. The same damn band. <laughs>
0: huh.
1: But yeah, this song's got just some killer understated tones. This is we're getting there. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this is the 400 unit.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. this this song was used in an episode of Sons of Anarchy, which yes, I have not seen. I mean, I, I've seen the show, but I, 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 not, I've not seen the episode that this is. Have you?
1: I've seen all of it. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So you. Do I, I you remember it hearing the song years and years ago.
1: There's, <laughs> I was like about to give it up, and then Walton Goggins started showing up.
0: The title kind of gives away the theme of the song. So not unlike yes. Alabama Pines, it's about returning to something that feels familiar. It's it's also about realizing that you're on your own in your own particular journey, which, as we said before, is sort of the kind of the unstated thesis of the album. Um there, there's a lot of introspection here may, maybe a little bit of regret. JB do you, as you listen to this do you feel like is he reflecting on his journey as an artist so far? Like is this is is he looking back on something here at, like from a personal point of view or is he just writing from the perspective of a character?
1: I don't know. I think it's just this doesn't feel like it, it's that far off for anybody. You know what I mean? How this do you is mean? the Goo Goo dolls don't want the world to see me if they wrote it in Florence, Alabama. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's a good song. It's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's just a song by a guy who's spent a lot of life on the road, spent a lot of nights drunk, which, uh, uh is pretty, you know, like scared of crowds. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's necessarily about like people watching his band. Yeah. It could just be someone who's kind of met their
0: social quota for the day <laughs> Well and he like several there there are songs on both of the previous albums. And also he's got some songs with the Drive-By Truckers that kind of fill this out with, with, that are about sort of the the internal struggle of the traveling artist, right? Like that that one one of the things that he he does sort of seem to struggle with is feeling whole as somebody who tours with a band. Even though even though he's good at it, even though like this is this is his dream come true, there like there are songs on almost every Jason Isbell album that are about Like, I feel like I have to kill a part of myself in order to make this work.
1: You know, I think every band that's like had a road dog phase Uh is has a song about this. I mean, every band I can think of who has done, you know, 150 plus nights in a year has a song about like like this, you know? Yeah. And if you've done 150 plus nights a year, three plus years, it's on multiple records, if not all of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and the, it makes it's it makes for good writing.
0: Yeah, it, well, it 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 really it gets at the like the Ernest Hemingway, um, yeah, or not not Ernest Jack no, Kerouac. Jack Kerouac. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, um, yeah, the, the Beats. if yeah. the
1: road. If the miles were words,
0: the romanticism you know, of the open road. Yeah,
1: yeah, like everybody's trying to figure out how to turn the miles into verses. You know,
0: I mean, not unlike Bruce Springsteen, right? I mean, that is
1: is that not what Thunder Road is? They talk about that for. Thirty minutes in the last episode of the
0: Bruce Springsteen podcast.
1: I'll get to it. We don't need to rehash all of that here. The President Obama and Bruce Springsteen talked about it.
0: I mean, look, everybody knows that they're they're okay at this, I guess. So then, uh, track three here is "We've Met."
2: We've met. I can tell you don't remember. I can see it in your face. You never left. It. Before you were a Christian before your eyes were blue did all that Do you know how long I waited Do you know how long
1: I yeah, so waited? we've met is one of those songs that I have the note next to that like okay this is this is where we start to hear some four hundred unit um stuff. You know what I mean? Like that the little guitar in the background that's sliding up, it's not a slide guitar, like he's not using an actual slide, but the,
2: wah, 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 you know, like, yeah.
1: as the melody rises, and uh, yeah, there's just a lot of sort of foreign and stuff going on here, just, because they also do like that wall of sound, but it's not, I don't want to say thinner, it's just, it's got more space in it, does that make sense? It's more porous? It is, yes, I, I,
0: I hear exactly what you're talking about. In fact, that, that is possibly why the music just is, I think this may be my least favorite song on the album. Um, and not, and and the thing is I really like the lyrics It just musically, maybe it's a little too porous for me. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, I think this is just
1: like, um, if you could turn this into a a template, if you could put this in Excel, Mm -hmm. like Rivers Cuomo does for his songwriting, um, then this would be, like, a great way to structure every 400-unit song in some way or another going forward. But this isn't necessarily the song. Okay. Does that make sense? Maybe. I think so. There's just some cool, you know, like, slide guitar break, organ, bring oh, it down I see. with some yes. acoustic guitar, yeah. syncopated drums harm, you know, and then ba ba harmony, ba ba harmony. <laughs> like these are these are things that we're going to come back to and re-execute in big ways. Yeah. But we're just not. We're not all the way there yet.
0: Well, mu- yeah, I I I think I hear all that too. And It's and like
1: the lead line in Alabama Pines. You hear that and you're like, woo, That comes back, baby." Yeah and it well, also informs 10 years of worship music too <laughs>
0: regretfully it does so this song seems to be about reconnecting with someone that he used to be close with like they've they both lived lots of years and now it's like they're reconnecting but they're basically strangers at this point it's like uh like the the line all my playgrounds all, all my playground fears have faded replaced with nightmares that come true um now that i'm 40 this line resonates with me in a lot deeper ways than it used to just the idea of like you you have all these fears when you're when you're young, and then as you get older, you realize, like, well, those fears were ridiculous, but the real things I should have been afraid of are, the- are, the- are yeah. these other things. Um and-, and so, like, he got out of town, but she stayed behind. Like, this, the line, I-, I bet this town is in your blood now, but it didn't have to be. So that feels a little Springsteen-ish, you know, like the idea of, like, yeah. one of us left town, the other one stayed behind, and now he's come back to town. Maybe he dra- he got here through the Alabama Pines, and, and he's kind of connecting with this person that he used to really deeply connect with. And he's realizing like, oh, she stayed behind and he moved on. And now that has sort of defined both of their personalities in ways that he, he can't get past. So it's like they've yeah. met, but they're not they're, they're not the same people anymore. Neither of them is. Yeah.
1: It's like, well, maybe we can keep necking on the TVA dam, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah we ain't just got, we just ain't got what it takes, you know?
0: Yeah. And like I said, like, uh, lyrically, I, I get this. I, I grew up in a small town. There's lots of people who I'm sure if I ran into, I would enjoy seeing them again. But all, there's also the question of like, I don't know what we talk about. Like, the, you know, the, like, if, like, what, what <laughs> yeah. the, I, like the last 20 years has been very different for all of us. And so like, who knows? And so um it, it does, it does sort of make you wonder about, like how different, how different would I be if, if I had stayed behind or how different would this person be if they had, had, had like gone some somewhere else and, you know, had different experiences. And so, so anyway, it it raises a lot of really good questions about like how we interact with people that we used to know and what it means to reconnect. Like, so, and again, it it gets at that. Like he's, he's on some sort of journey and he's, he's not alone necessarily, but he's still isolated. He, he's experiencing isolation even when he's with other people. Yeah, you know. So then, we. They,
1: uh, he tells her, you know, I don't think, I don't think we're gonna make it. Yeah. And her heart breaks, and he just can't take the way a woman sounds <laughs> five seconds after her heart breaks, and that's where we are in codeine. So track four is codeine.
2: There's one thing I can't stand. It's this bar and this cover rain. make their way through castles made of sand Well that's one thing I can't stand but there's one thing I can't take It's the sound that a woman makes. About five seconds after her heart begins
1: to break. I gotta tell you, the first three lines of this song, or first four, are, are some of the most relatable lines in a song. Yeah. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's this bar and this cover band trying to fake their way through castles made of sand. That's one thing I can't stand. It's just like, it's an elementary rhyme, but it's this like, profoundly, like, uh benign feeling that we're all so familiar with.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, and he, he has said, and in 2011, Jason used to tell people that this song was meant to be music. that people could just party to, um, and he still does it live. I've seen him do it and it it is, it's tons of fun.
1: Yeah. It's just about like somebody's breaking up and somebody's, you know, she's gone yeah there somebody's like you know put her some giving her some codeine let let her just slurp on into bed and and forget about it and he's lonely and alone yeah yet again
0: well and like you said there's not a whole lot to the lyrics it takes place at a bar there's a girl who should be at home by now um and instead, the narrator's friend hooks her up with some pills, and now they're partying. And that's that. That is the narrative of the song. So, yeah. And, and like you said, like lyrically, he, he doesn't do a lot of like super crazy stuff here, but it's solid work. He, he's. I mean, it. it this is, this is a fun song about painkillers. Yeah. And Amanda yeah, Shires I mean, is on the fiddle
1: Absolutely, And she's gonna be on the intervention too.
0: Yep. <laughs> I think it is funny that he does still do this song live, considering like how like sober, how into being sober he is, and how well not, he not sol- sober the song
1: is. Somebody on Twitter a while ago was like pretty worried about Jason Isbell after seeing that video of him on Instagram taking shots on the beach with everyone else, and he was like, "That was a shot of water, no matter or a shot of ginger ale or something." He was like, "No matter how sober I am, I always find it very important to quickly drink small amounts of beverages with your friends." <laughs> <laughs> He is so funny. He is so good on Twitter. He's just the most. I feel like him and Bruce are very similar in that they both probably like struggle to um, call like service providers. Like they've got real bad social anxiety. <laughs> yeah. But they have like a, a sharp wit and a good. Uh, that's one thing on the new Barack Obama podcast with Bruce that Barack's always like giving him a hard time. He's like, You didn't drive till you're 26. <laughs> And then he lists off all the other stuff that was wrong with Bruce when he was seventeen. He was like, "What about girls, man? <laughs> like, where were you going? Were you hanging out with him? You sang about him a lot, but you didn't have a driver's license. You were scared to talk to people." <laughs> uh, he ribs him super hard about it. It's funny.
0: Well, that is the thing a thing I will star. look forward to listening to when I listen to that podcast.
1: Yeah, look, man, you don't have to. Nobody has to listen to anything. I take I'm going you to. Have to I just similar. You have to listen to it if you haven't yet. I,
0: I mean, yeah, I will. I will. I definitely will. It's it's, it's on the it's it's on it's on a very, very, very long list of podcasts right. and audiobooks that I very much intend to get to.
1: There's a lot of things that I, I recommend and I want everyone to know. You don't have to listen to anything that anyone tells you you have to listen to, watch, you know. There's too much going on in the world right now. What you need to do, probably, but you may not, is just close your eyes and breathe for a second.
0: And would watch JB, High Maintenance. I was going to say, what JB really wants you to know is it's important for you to watch High Maintenance and listen to Julian Baker. <laughs> Her new record's great. It had me dancing instead of crying. Well, dancing and crying, but
1: in addition to crying. I, I saw that on your Twitter feed. Yeah. it's Dude, I was bopping in here in my office, and then I was like, what's going on? And then I listened it, to the lyrics, and I was like,
2: whoa.
0: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say bopping is not a thing I normally do when I listen to Julian Baker, so I'm guessing the sound here is very different.
1: Well, she played some guitar on Haley Williams, you know, in Haley Williams' new band. Yeah. So, you know, Haley Haley bops.
0: Oh, Haley bops. But
1: Julian Hayley Baker does not bop. bop music. <laughs> um, what we're kind of getting off track. We got one more song on this record or on yeah. this episode, the first half yeah. of this record. Stopping by,
2: driving to a baseball game. Friday afternoon, it's hotter than hell in Atlanta, Georgia. Guess it's been fifteen years since I came through here. Probably should have called to warn you, but I'm stopping by.
1: Which I like, it's about baseball. Well, and I think baseball is one of the greatest storytelling devices, much like the Mississippi River. Um, but this is it, man. This is the 400-unit sound. You got that kind of weird drum beat to start off with. You got these big, slow-plucked chords, lots of room for bass, lots of organ. You know, you got some good slide. It's just, this is the 400-unit sound.
0: Yeah. it's Yeah, it's a good sound. I really like this song, and um, the, the sound is really good. It is... It, it, it fits inside that Bruce Springsteen sort of vein because it's about an absent father.
1: Yeah, well, in the I'm Stopping By, I'm Stopping By, Daddy, like that part, Yeah. lyrically, musically, and arrangement-wise, production-wise, is like very 400-unit going forward and also very reminiscent of E-Street band material.
0: Yeah, it's and good.
1: I just love it. I, I, think it's, I think it's just sort of that next, you know, well, and next it's next in- step in the next generation of the Bruce Springsteen songwriter mold.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, it's interesting, too, because he, he writes from the perspective, uh, from a female perspective. Because he, like the line, do you ever think about a teenage girl in Chattanooga? And yeah. while we, we know that dad lives in Atlanta. So so Jason is writing from the perspective of of a young woman whose father abandoned her. And now... Yeah. He like she's she's considering whether or not she should like she she's driving to a baseball game on a Friday afternoon in Atlanta and she hasn't she hasn't seen him in 15 years. So she's but so she's just going to pop in without without a warning. And so um it's it's a it's a great device for some for some really good songwriter. It, it fits directly into the uh in, into the theme, which is like she's on her way somewhere like a baseball game. Theoretically, this is a social event. I'm assuming she's not just going by herself, and so, but yeah. but she, and she's she's trying to reconnect with somebody that she should have a connection with. So there there's there's still that tension between isolation and connection, and being being on the move yet looking for a place to to stop. You know, and so you know what
1: I yeah. love about this place to stop. What? All right. So when you want to do something that you know you've got to do, that you're absolutely dreading. Well, see, so you got to tell someone close to you something you don't want to tell them. Yes. Not necessarily like about yourself. Not like you're admitting something, but just like you're about to just really ruin their day. And it's neither of y'all's fault,
0: right? Are you about to tell me something I don't want to hear?
1: <laughs> Rob.
0: No. <laughs> For God's so sakes, we're on a day. podcast. All day,
1: you're. You're just like, you know you're going to do it, but you're not. You're just dragging your feet, right? You're just like, I can't do it. You know, it takes you longer to make coffee. It takes you longer to get ready. You forget something, you got to turn around, go back to the house. Th- Let's do those hi-hats. They are just so loose, right? They're just labored. I mean, he's not he's not slowing down at all. It's just like... Psh, psh, psh. They're just Those hi-hats are so lethargic. And then as soon as he gets to I'm stopping by the piano... Goes into this weird sort of like syncopated double time situation, right? Yeah. And it's the heartbeat, right? Oh no, I'm here. I'm pulling into the driveway. All right, there's my dad. I haven't seen him in 15 years. You know? Yeah.
0: It's, <laughs> it's smart. It's smart songwriting. It's good, man. That's I, I didn't even think about it from that angle, but that that that's really good.
1: Yeah. Think about those hi hats, man. And they're just oh so, like just dead and loose, and there's no spring in them, right?
0: Yeah yeah and then that piano Whew. yeah it's really well constructed it's it, it's kind of heartbreaking and it's yeah like you, you feel you feel the sadness and the rage in the narrator like um and I didn't even think about like all the the subtle things that the musicians are doing to sort of elevate that feeling
1: and I love that Jason gets his team in here. Like, when I hear uh, Ben Gibbard drop a reference, even loosely associated to, like, the Seattle Mariners, I'm like, you did it, my guy. Good job. <laughs> you know, like, it's fun when, like, baseball fans tell a story about their team.
0: Oh, right? is he is he an Atlanta Braves fan? Big time. Really? Interesting.
1: Yeah, somebody was like, wait, you're a Braves fan and an Alabama fan. Wait, not no, no. A Braves fan and he's something else. Clemson, maybe? They're like, do you... Do you seek out pain? And he replied, I invite you to listen to my music. (laughs) And uh, yeah, like I've got this uh, short story I wrote and somebody was like, "Uh, man, love the uh, reference to like, you know, spring training or whatever, you know, and and I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually the Texas Rangers farm team. (laughs) I'm a big Texas Rangers fan. (laughs) Like people who are big fans of baseball, like slip it in to stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's fun. And so, just, this song is not about the Atlanta Braves at all. It's not about baseball or anything. It's about, like, a, an absentee father. Yes. But, you got, you go into a baseball game on a Friday afternoon, hotter than hell in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, this is Turner Field. He's going to Turner Field. This is, this is pre-the new park. He's going to Turner Field. It's, you know, it's hot. <laughs> it's outside, you know, right on the outskirts of town. It's very hot. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I got to say. I love that, it. I think that, it's a beautiful That was the song. end of your
0: thought. It's hot. It's hot. You like it's okay. Atlanta, picture. Georgia. He's going to Turner Field. It's hot. <laughs> and I just thought that I think we're a little out of practice. Normally after like four <laughs>
1: weeks, I think like 4 weeks ago you'd have been like in that, you know, hot Atlanta. And that's it's painting a pain in the picture, you know, well, and you I'd have been you like sounded, Yeah, everybody says hot Atlanta.
0: You sounded uh, like you were but, winding up to like a whole other thing. And then you just. Stopped. I was. I was it, and It's hot outside. To, yeah, it's Atlanta in the summertime. I was winding up pitch a
1: fastball off the mound in Turner Field. I was just waiting on you to say winding up, and so here we are in Turner Field, and it's hot. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, shit, I just want to circle. Yeah, it's hot, man. <laughs> That's probably why he says hotter than hell in Atlanta, Georgia. Right. So that we'll know that it's hot outside. I think he was. A pain. <laughs> I think what I was trying to say.
1: He's painting the picture. He never says Atlanta Braves, but he very much paints a picture of, like, you're driving and, you know, like, you're going to town and you got something else to do, but you're like, you're going to town to watch a baseball game Yeah, on the outskirts of town. While you're here, you're going to get some business done.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. This is a great start to a great record. It is. And this is a great start to what is about to be a legendary career.
0: For sure. For sure. He's yeah. only, yeah, it will only continue to, like, the elevator only goes up from here. Yeah. So... Uh, we're gonna so we're, we're stopping by now-huh to uh we're, we're gonna stop here and we're gonna pick it up next time with the second half of this album we're gonna get get into it with uh, Daisy may when, when we come back but uh so we we wanted to leave enough time and space for us to be able to talk about each side of the record and then when we get to southeastern we're gonna really camp out we're gonna we're gonna do some some talking. Uh-huh. We're gonna. I, what do we have? Like three weeks set aside just for Southeastern. Yeah, it's three weeks for Southeastern. That's and that's correct. The Southeastern deserves that. So, um, so we're gonna we're gonna stop here for now, and we're gonna catch. We're gonna pick back up next time with the second half of here we rest. But if you're a patron, you can go and jump onto our Patreon feed, and you can listen to JB and I, JB and me, JB and me. You can listen to JB yeah. and me. Wait, yeah, you can listen. That's to right, JB and me. me talk about uh, a couple of records from Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 albums of all time list. So we're talking the albums from numbers 431 to 440 today, and if you want to know what those are, you can either look it up in the magazine, or you can listen. You can be a patron, and you can listen to, uh, to us talk about it. Uh, either way, we've enjoyed talking with you, and JB, where where would you like people to uh, to check out your work if, you're, if they feel uh, so inclined? At
1: Letters Clark on Twitter is really it.
0: Yeah. And I'm at Rob Carmack on Twitter as well. And you can follow us there for whatever it is that we, whatever's on our mind opinions about Julian Baker, or um, I don't know whatever I'm on about on any given day. So uh, that's, that's where you can find us. And then for the patrons, we'll see you not too long from now, just any second, whenever you decide to hit play to mash, mash that play button on the other episode Uh, where we'll be talking about some, uh, some other albums that aren't Here We Rest. But next time on this podcast, we'll be talking about side two of Here We Rest. JB, we'll see you next time.